So you have a bit of an idea how we do our fundraising here, but I thought I would share with you how another church has approached its idea of fundraising. The crumbling old church needed remodeling, and so the preacher made an impassioned appeal, looking directly out into the audience, and in particular at the richest man in town. At the end of the message, the rich man stood up and announced, All right, pastor, I will contribute $5,000. Just then, believe it or not, a little bit of plaster from that ceiling that needed repairing fell down and just hit him on the shoulder. Well, he stood up again, and he vowed to double his pledge to $10,000. But before he could sit down again, a big piece of heavy plaster fell right in front of him, right down, right in front of him, raising some dust. And again, he spoke up, Pastor, I will pledge $20,000. Well, this prompted one of the church elders in the back of the room to yell out, Hit him again, Lord! Hit him again! (laughs) Okay. So so hopefully our methods of fundraising are a little more even keel than that here. So this week we're going to talk about something I think brand new to be talked about, at least in this center. And it's a brand new, what I'm really thinking of as a spiritual principle and a spiritual practice as well. And it's one that when I was first reading about it, we're using Edwin Gaines' book, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. And when in, in chapter two she talks about the spiritual law of goal setting, I thought to myself, now wait a minute, did I just go into business school? How is goal setting a spiritual law? How is it a spiritual principle that we can use in our lives? And oh my word, was I pleased to finish reading the chapter. So I'm gonna gonna share it with you. And she starts off, I think, with a lovely illustration. So let us say, that we were to call right now Neiman Marcus to get some new shoes. All right, so we pick up the phone, we call Neiman Marcus, and what do I say to Neiman Marcus? Do I just say, oh, I could really use some shoes that are better than these ones? (laughs) That wouldn't work all that well, would it? First of all, I never really said what size of shoes I want, right? Never really said what color I wanted. I mean, it might have a vague kind of idea to me that, well, ones without holes in the bottom would be useful, or, you know, I hope it'll match my suit. But I didn't say any of that, did I? I just said, I'd like a new pair of shoes that are better than these. What Edwin Gaines says is, if that is as clear as we are with our own intentions of life, how can God respond? How can God answer our prayers? How can God give us the abundance that not only that we want, but God is graciously here to give if we don't have any better idea of what we want than just, I want something better than what I have now. Or, or maybe even, we don't even go that far, maybe we simply say, what I know that I don't want <laughs> is what I have now. Well, if you think about it, our abundance could be coming at us from every angle already. And in fact, I happen to know that it is because all of the abundance in the universe is fully present for us. So could it be that it's our own vagueness? Could it be that it's our own lack of goals, our own specificity that's allowing somebody's idea of good to to come to us, but not our own personal idea of good? And so here's what she says about this idea of goal setting. And then we're going to go into it in some detail. 
She says, many wise souls before us have recognized that we must grow or perish. Christians commonly recognize this as the instructions given to us by Jesus when he said, ask and ye shall receive. But ask for what? We need to specify what we want to receive, the very good God has in store for us, and goal setting is the way to position ourselves to receive. So we're not just going to call Neiman Marcus and say, well, you know, whatever you think, dear. <laughs> you know, I need some, well, maybe some clothes since you're Neiman Marcus, right? We're going to be more specific. And what I love about Edwin Gaines is she really does this marriage of, uh, of the practical and the spiritual. And so in your programs, now you don't have to actually take notes because I figure this is something you're going to want to take home. It is already profoundly changing my life. So on yellow pieces of paper in your programs are these 10 goal-setting steps that Edwin Games um, outlines beautifully in this book. And I'm just going to go through them, and we'll talk about them a little bit. All right, so first of all, she says, write down all of your desires. Doesn't matter how big it is, doesn't matter how small it is, doesn't matter how landish it sounds, write down all of your desires, big or small, because with God, everything is possible. Okay, so we're not going to do a lot of editing here. We're not going to imagine, oh, well, that would, that would take more money than I would ever have, or that would take more time than there is on the planet. You want to be a concert pianist? Write it down. You want to have $10 million? Write it down. You want to have a new car? Write it down. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. Step two, choose your 12 most important desires and create a list of them. So she wants us to focus. You might have 100 on your list. She wants us to focus on 12 at a time. Don't worry about how doable they are. God is going to take care of the doing. God will figure out how it's going to get done. You just need to have a prioritized list of about 12 things that you want to have accomplished in your life. Okay, so far so good. Sounds easy, sounds fun. Well, unfortunately, now we come to number three. <laughs> and number three, she says, consider what changes you need to make in your life so that you can receive this thing. You need to be in alignment with your goals. Now, how many of us have an idea of what we want to receive and do just about every last thing we can do to prevent us from getting it? Let me, let me use just maybe a couple examples here. I know a lot of single people have this idea that it would be wonderful to have a lifelong partner with them to share their love, their hopes, and their dreams, to, to set up house together, really to have a, a beautiful marriage, a, you know, a, a beautiful life together. I want to ask you, so you think this is going to happen if you stay at home every Friday night? I know some very painfully shy people, and this is their dream, right? That they're going to find that, that true love of theirs. I got to tell you, we need to get out. If we want to meet people, we have to take steps. And so is your dream doable from you? Can you receive it? Another one is money. I know people that dream about a wonderful job, a wonderful career, receiving lots of money. And, and I got to ask you, are you applying for new jobs that would earn you more? Are you working on a resume? Uh, are you even buying a lottery ticket? <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of ways at winning $10 million or achieving $10 million. But if you don't take a step, if you're not actually in alignment of it, 
go see a financial planner and ask, you know, what are the responsibilities that go with having $10 million? Because believe me, it's more than just getting the check, then you have to do something with it. Start thinking about what you would actually do with $10 million. Are you able to, uh, you know, handle that size money well? Are you taking steps? Have you asked for that raise that you've been talking about for a long time? Have you made plans around some of the great ideas you have for starting a new business? All of these can be small ways of taking down that path so that God really knows that you're here for God, right? Oftentimes, we think of God as that guy in the sky, that Santa Claus God, and we're just waiting for Christmas so we can unwrap the present, right? I got to tell you, though, it takes participation on our part as well. We talk about the indwelling God, the fact that God is in part in each one of us. So why would that part of God do nothing <laughs> towards getting what that part of God wants? So we need to be in alignment. We need to be ready to make changes in order to achieve our goals. We need to go out on Saturday nights where there are people if we want to meet someone and contemplate this idea of dating and marriage and having a life together, right? We need to be thinking in terms of new business ideas and being creative if we want to achieve more um, goal-oriented financials in our lives. Okay, the next one. Now this one's great fun. Choose the date under which you want to achieve each goal. Pick a date. And her only uh, warning here is don't pick a date that is patently impossible. So if your goal, for instance, is to get fit, lose 40 pounds, and be able to run a marathon, you probably don't want to say, and my goal is next Friday. Because <laughs> this probably is patently impossible. <laughs> it's water weight, okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> we'll just stop drinking water and by this time next week, okay, all right. But she also cautions us, you know, nearly any goal that you could possibly have, you can be making huge progress on it in less than a year. Think about this. If I put down on there, kind of indefinitely in the future, that I want to have a certain amount of money or a new car or something like that. Let's say you're planning a trip to Europe. If we're not worried about how it's going to happen, how the tickets are going to get paid for, if we're not worried about that, why would we say, well, maybe in a couple years we'll go to Europe? What I know is that when we have a solidity of our faith and our desire and clarity around what it is we want, when we start taking steps, as I talked about, about achieving that goal, what I know is God is going to make it happen and God doesn't need to wait for a few years. On a goal like that, probably six or eight months is fine. What I know is absolutely the creativity that is within you can manifest a trip to Europe within a few months. I absolutely know it. So do not be shy about having dates that on the surface look a little daunting. And the reason you can is you don't need to be daunted. God's going to take care of figuring out how it happens. 
All right, number five, read your list of goals at least three times every morning and every night. Now, you know that I'm a little bit, um, uh, a little bit on the geeky side, and so I have mine on my iPhone. And it is wonderful because for the last couple months, I've been looking at my goals right on my iPhone two or three times a day, and I've been starting to take steps. And I'll, I'll share one of my goals with you. So my plan is, they're coming out uh, sometime next year, to have one of the all-electric Toyota RAV4s. Completely electric, plug-in. It's one of my goals. You know, my car is getting old and tired. Any of you who have seen my car lately goes, yeah, he needs a new car. And so, so this is my goal. I have no idea how I'm going to pay for it, but I do know that I already own it. In my mind, I already own it. And I've done a variety of walking that path. I've already called Toyota. I'm actually expecting they'll probably call me as soon as they're available. And why, you might ask? No, no, honestly, I am, because I have already called them, and there's a place where you can be on, uh, on an interest of a certain model in a certain year, and they'll actually call you and give you updates on its availability. So they'll be calling me, I figure. In fact, I have annoyed them enough that who knows, maybe I'll be one of the testers of, of, the, of the new V. I've also done some uh, interesting um, fact-finding around the places in town where I can plug it in. Did you know right here in Portland, there's over three dozen places where you can drive there and plug your car in already? I had no idea. And so not only am I picturing myself in a, in a new car and feeling good about no emissions coming out of it, you know, I'm doing all the things that Edwina is saying here in terms of really having ownership of it before it's even mine. And what I know is when I put my intentions with some clarity out there, when I have a goal set up, like we're talking about here, God will simply say yes to me. It's as though it's already mine, and God will do whatever's necessary to get those cars moving. <laughs> All right, so just one, one example here. Next, after she says, reading your list of goals three times every morning and every night, she says, picture yourself achieving the goals. Picture yourself as though it has already come true, and that's what I am doing. I'm picturing myself driving in the car. I'm picturing myself pulling up to a charging station. I've even called the electrician already to see you know, what it will cost to have the little docking thing put in the garage, right? Because if the car is mine, I have responsibilities as well. I've already checked out, you know, do I, is it the same kind of issues around maintenance and oil changes? And I'm doing everything as though the car is already mine, as though I've already achieved the goal. I'm picturing myself there. And number seven is act as if you've already achieved your goals. Take appropriate steps. So let's go back to the, the idea of a loving and lasting relationships. What would the appropriate steps be? Think about it for a minute. So if you want someone special in your life, now and forever, is there room for his or her clothes in the closet? <laughs> is the other half of the garage cleared out for the second car? No, think about it. What steps... If you really were in a long-term committed relationship, I bet your life would be different. And if you're serious of that as one of your goals, some of the steps you would take would be what? Maybe you set an extra place at dinner every night. 
Maybe you have two nightstands on each side of the bed. I mean, these sound like silly and trivial things. And yet, what I know is when you are fully prepared, when you are taking ownership, when you are taking the position that this is mine to have, and right now, there are obligations you have. There are steps you need to take. I know someone that for quite a while has taken out, a friend of mine, has subscribed to Brides Magazine. Now you might think, oh, well, when, you know, when's the lucky day? Well, she hasn't been proposed to yet. But what I know is this is a great step because she is visualizing herself in that position of being engaged. She's visualizing herself and the dress she might have and things like that. These are great steps. Now, you don't go crazy. I mean, she's not going out and buying the dress yet. Do you know what I mean? But she's taking the next logical step, assuming that her good is right at hand. All right. Now, the next one, here's the point of controversy. Step eight, don't tell anybody. Now, you might ask me, well, Larry, why wouldn't you want your friends and your loved ones to support you. Why wouldn't I tell anybody? I should tell everybody. I don't think so. My own experience is that often when my goals, especially the big ones, especially the giant ones, when I state them even among the people I care about the most, what I'm apt to get is, really? You you want one of those all-electric vehicles? Are you crazy? You know that they can only go for 100 miles and then you're stuck. Well, Larry, are you telling me that you're going to get the first model year of a brand new vehicle? Everyone knows that the first model year is filled with flaws. I mean, that poor car will be in the shop all the time. Larry, my gosh, are you telling me that you think you're going to save the planet by buying one car? Well, where do you think the electricity comes from? They're busy burning coal in Idaho to produce all that electricity. You might be polluting more. Do you see what I mean? Sometimes our goals, even when they're lovely and benign and so sweet, I mean, to get over this, I'm picturing myself driving again. But sometimes we just need to keep them to ourselves. And I would say the more passionate, the more sweet, the more big, the more expansive your goal is, perhaps even better yet that it's yours and that it's private. You can share it maybe with a prayer partner. Maybe share it with someone you know has your same level of enthusiasm and your same level of knowledge that it can come true, that it will come true. Share it maybe with someone in that frame of mind. But don't just necessarily at the office drop the bomb, I'm going to be an opera singer. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because there are probably 300 people right in that office that will give you every reason that you can't become an opera singer or that you can't learn to play the piano or that skydiving is the sure way to to die early or or whatever your dream is. If you're going to use these goal-setting steps, At least for now. Keep it to yourself. Next she says, cross off the goals as they're achieved. One by one, cross them off. It will give you an amazing and wonderful sense of satisfaction. There go another two of them, and then you can add two more in. Because this process will support you for a lifetime. And finally, Edwin Gaines says, remember that God's highest law is love. God so loves us 
that God supports us with free will. God simply says yes to every desire that we have that is closely held. So if you hold to yourself the sure knowledge that you're really not worthy of having a great job and jobs always end in being fired anyway, and really all you can hope to manage in this world is maybe social security disability, then do you know what God will say? Yes. And so it is, is what God will say. And if you're thinking in your own heart that meeting people is just too difficult and really I should just stay at home, you know, even though I really want a relationship, you know, they always end badly. Do you know what God is going to say? Yes. And so my advice to you all, all of you that I care about so much, is to dream big. The biggest dreams you can come up with, whether it's being that opera singer, whether it's uh, having a new car of a certain and possibly impractical nature, whether it's uh, learning how to play the piano, whether it's going back to school and getting your master's degree, whether it's becoming a nurse, whatever your dream is, when you have it, when you take steps along the path, when you hold it in your heart, God will say yes. And so in summary today, it's not only about goal setting, but it's about having goals that are worth having. Yes, I could have a goal on there that this little hangnail will be healed, and I have every reason to believe that it will be. And God will graciously you know, grow that little bit of skin back. And what I also know, God will be just as gracious to say yes about the wildest, most wonderful thing that I might picture. So I think everyone here is probably familiar with Lance Armstrong. Do you know what his achievement was the first time he entered the Tour de France? He didn't even finish it. Did you know that? The first tour to France, he got about halfway through, was exhausted, got into one of the little vans and was driven back to the start. But what he said was, this gave him the taste for winning the tour to France. This is what gave him the taste in knowing that he could achieve it. And so we should not be daunted by minor setbacks. We should give it a go. Let's say the first few steps down my path, let's say the Toyota company had said, oh, well, I don't really know whether we're going to put those new cars out next year or not. You know, a lot of people could have just said, well, oh, well, all right. Then, you know, maybe I'm not going to have my goal of an electric car by the end of next year, you know? But what I know is that we should not be daunted by anything that stands in our way. If this is truly something that's good for us, if it's truly something that we want, if we truly know that God will say yes to us, dream big. Allow little setbacks to simply go by the wayside. If you have some small fears, maybe if your goal is to be an opera singer and you have some fears, you have a good voice, but you're a little afraid of being in public, this could be a problem. We may need to put aside some of these small and petty fears that keep us, that can keep us where we are. They're only our fears. They're not God's fears. God has no fear. 
So be willing in your getting ready for achieving these goals to take a look at them, and if there are elements of fear in them, work your way through. Here's what um, Edwin Gaines says. She says, what did God put you on earth to be? We all know, we all want to know the answer to this question. And the way we each find out is by stretching and stepping outside what we thought we could do. We learn to start discerning God's plan for us through stepping out of our comfort zones. We may need to take a risk to achieve something great. All right. Well, I hope I've given you some inspiration for thinking big today, for getting out of your small sphere of influence, and know that your sphere of influence is as big as you can dream of it. And God will simply say yes. So I'm going to give you some homework for this week. You've got the little yellow sheets. Your homework this week is to at least, at a minimum, develop your list of 12 primary goals that you want to work on in the next, say, 12 months. And I want you to also then take your definite steps towards some of these goals, right? So actually think in your own life, if I were to be that thing, if I were to achieve that goal, if I were to have that good, if I were to start school again, if I were to start dating again, whatever it is, what steps, what logical steps would be next towards doing it? So I'm going to end with a prayer. And this week, you know, we're using this lovely prayer of Ernest Holmes from Living the Science of Mind, and we're doing it as call and response. So I will um, give out a line, and you just repeat it back to me, okay? All right, let's go. Good and more good is mine. And ever-increasing good is mine. And there is no limit to the good which is mine. Everywhere I go, I see my good. I feel it. I experience it. It crowds itself against me. It flows through me. And it expresses itself in me. It multiplies itself everywhere. Good and more good is mine. And so it is. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you.